How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora, also of The Athletic. Welcome to the latest episode of Describes the Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers who are still practicing baseball in Los Angeles as California shuts down all of its businesses through COVID-19. Pedro, how are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. You uttered a true statement that is that is 100% correct. Everything indoors is closed, it seems, in uh, at almost every county, including Los Angeles. How are you doing, Andy? But the good news is Dodger Stadium doesn't have a roof. No. No, I mean, well, some baseball stadiums do, you know, and those are going to come into play pretty soon. Um, But the Dodger Stadium doesn't, so they have that going for them. Yeah, I'm fine. I recently, I've become a a guy who wears uh, bandanas um, because, uh, you know, I haven't gotten a haircut in a long time. Yeah. And uh, I discovered that one of the consequences of of, uh, having a bandana is that uh, if you happen to go outside, uh, you will have a huge uh, tan line on your forehead if you take off the bandana. So uh, that's what I've learned today. Well, that only happens if you don't wear sunscreen. What? Yeah, if you wear sunscreen, you know, sufficient sunscreen and reapply every two hours and wait until 15 minutes has passed since you before you go out and venture out after you apply it, you will not have tan lines. That's how it works. Is that true? Yes, I'm not messing with you. How did you learn that? I had a, a little scare with a, with, a, with a severe sunburn when I was in high school. And so okay. over the years, I've started to take it more seriously. Uh, sun protection is, you know, is something that I think kids don't pay enough attention to, probably to our own fault, like teenagers and whatnot. So it's, I wish we, we paid more attention. Yeah, sunscreen is, is key. You cannot, um, you know, I've gotten a little too much into it. I'm all about the UV index. Like I don't, I, I look at the UV index at all times before I go outside and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's uh, if you protect yourself, you will not get burned. I mean, you should also never really be outside, in, especially in the summer months between the hours of about 10:30 and three or something like that. I mean, 11 to two is the is the is the real avoid time yeah. uh, when it's really bad. But uh, yeah, sunscreen it does great things. All right. Well, I mean, I learned something today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're welcome. So the Dodgers have been continuing their workouts at the ballpark, and they had a uh, pretty significant arrival this week, but also sort of a pretty harrowing reminder of what it is they're actually up against, as Kenley Jansen reported to camp and confirmed that he had tested positive for COVID-19 and had been dealing with symptoms for a while now. What can you kind of tell us about where that sort of leaves Jansen for the season and maybe for the Dodgers pitching staff at large? Jansen did not specify how severe his symptoms were. He said he did experience symptoms, as his two sons and his wife did as well. He indicated that he only had two weeks that he could not participate in sort of the training that he had been doing for much of the shutdown. He knows how lucky he is, and he made a point of that in his house in Palos Verdes that he has a massive gym. You know, he really stayed, it sounds like, in pretty much season shape. Obviously, moving beyond the, the health concerns about contracting the virus and having it spread within a family, which is obviously harrowing, but as far as his availability on the field, the Dodgers believe he's going to be ready for opening day in a week and a couple days. He's going to make four appearances in their summer camp games between now and then. He's gotten ready for spring trainings in the past after, four, after five appearances, so it's, it's really not that unusual as far as like how much time he's going to have to be ready. It's more of, you know, this is the first known positive test among a Dodger and he had symptoms, which mm-hmm. it seems like several players, many players across baseball have reported that they have experienced symptoms from the virus and add Jansen to that list. And thankfully he is back. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those that's very, you know, it's concerning for a variety of regions, as you mentioned, just to spread through the family and potentially you know, others may have come in contact, but also just, you know, Kenley's a guy with our condition and, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the, the sort of long-term effects of COVID are really kind of uh, unknown at this point. So, yeah, hopefully it's just a uh, if something, 
you know, an illness he had for a couple weeks and he's able to move on from it. But it's not great. You know, you're already starting to see kind of like how teams are being affected by this sort of stuff. And it feels gross talking about this from a baseball standpoint, but I don't know what else we're supposed to talk about. Doesn't the idea that he'd be ready for opening day sound like ridiculous to you? Or am I just have too many memories from, you know, his abbreviated sports spring training in 2018 and how, how many problems during the season that led to? Well, I think it's fair to say that it would be unreasonable to expect a player to be at his best after 10 days of of full training, right? Um, right. Or 12 days. I, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't be available, you know? And I think, you know, to to expect that players are going to be at their best in, in, in these circumstances is patently ridiculous, right? I yeah. mean, the season's going to end up testing someone's ability but to, you know, to momentarily block out health concerns while they're on the field. I think that's preeminently what it's going to test more than so many other things. I don't know. You know, how is Jansen going to be? I'm not sure. You know, could he get back to normal in three, four weeks? Possibly. You know, we don't know. We have no idea right. what, you know, the, the yeah, long-term well, yeah. Who implications knows. of these will be Pedro Baez still not reported to camp is that correct that is correct Andy yeah Dave Roberts the manager has said that he expects Baez to be back in camp shortly I think is the word he used soon so uh, the Dodgers actually they look like they now have pretty much their entire bullpen getting close to being activated uh, after having 10 players absent from workouts to start their camp they've had a good number of them return right and as uh you know ken rosenthal and britcheroli reported some of that is related to just kind of the, the more strict you know requirements in los angeles county about returning from quarantine right yeah and that's going to create some uh, it's not hard to envision problems emerging from those criteria not that they're irresponsible or anything like that they seem like the counties are taking safety in mind but to require a quarantine for 14 days with any close contact you know could create serious issues in terms of the on-field availability of players, right? So let's let's look at it like, like this. Uh, one player on the team, on any team, t- you know, either of these teams tests positive. Let's say there's, a, there's the one day where he was on the field with everyone else, you know. Theoretically, according to these rules, everyone who was, you know, if he's a catcher or something like that, everyone who was mm-hmm. next to him, near him, is required to quarantine for 14 days. We don't know how that's going to be enforced or anything like that, right, but there's right. some serious um, implications that could, if what Ken and Britt reported is followed throughout this season, you just wonder, like, how, how is that going to work? I mean, how how is right. that going to work? That's basically right. the, the question I just ask all the time uh, I'm yeah. in my head. How is it going to work? <laughs> well, the answer is is probably what? They'll figure out a way, you know, to, to get around it. I mean, is, is sort of the answer on everything we've seen so far is that, you know, like – uh, you know, how, how is it going to work that, you know, you have to quarantine if you're coming into the, you know, the state of New York, like, you know, if you had been, you know, in Florida or Texas or wherever, oh, well, yeah, actually it's fine. You know, you don't, you don't have to, like if you're a baseball player. So I, you know, I mean, do you like a, like a week or so into this, right? Like there's been some hiccups, but I, they did, it hasn't been as bad as that sort of first weekend. Do you have any more, confidence that this is possible that they can you know that the sport can pull this off what's your level of uh confidence i guess in in this endeavor right now overall it hasn't really changed because i believe that whether it can work or not and that it can't work that it can't really work without infecting people is not dependent on people's intentions Mm -hmm. um necessarily it's just a matter of a virus that spreads you know when people are symptomatic and and the improb the impossibility of constantly testing people but i will say that from talking to dodgers via zoom you know Every day over the last week plus, I have heard that they're uniformly taking it very seriously. 
the players yeah. understand the seriousness of it. You know, that's very good mm-hmm. news. Unfortunately, that's not the only thing that matters, right? There's still, there's still, right. you know, the gaps of testing, even in the 48 hours plan, still leaves a day every time where things can happen. It's just not a perfect system. And a perfect, any perfect system, there is no such thing as a perfect system. You know, the ones that are more frequent, the testing is more frequent, like the ones in Florida with the MLS and the NBA are obviously requiring the leagues to use the same testing organization to test the general populace, which at least the mm-hmm. Major League Baseball plan is not doing. I don't see a, um, a ready-made solution. So to answer your question, my confidence level that they can pull it off has not changed. I think it's a positive sign that players are taking it as seriously as they are. Yeah, and the Dodgers aren't necessarily an outlier in that uh, in that category, but from everything I've heard that they are pretty locked in on being careful about this in a way that befits a team that has a lot of veteran players that very badly wants to win a title in 2020. You know, it makes sense that these are the guys who are taking it seriously, you know, as compared to maybe a team who's like tanking or doesn't have much to play for, you know, doesn't have a lot of money on the line, you know, that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I still think, you know, the, the rubber is going to meet the road as it were when teams, you know, start traveling. And that's when, all the sort of problems with the supply chains uh, and, you know, just all the natural temptations, as it were, of being away from home uh, are going to come into play. And, you know, and, you know, we're also like, frankly, like, like, it's not out of the question that there might be some sort of travel restrictions if things continue to just get worse and worse and worse. So at the very least, I do think it is encouraging that it seems like a lot of teams are taking this seriously and that it may not make a major difference in the fate of the season. It's like a nice thing to see the players care and players are telling people to wear masks and, you know, players are saying the right things and doing the right things. I mean, that, you know, after having a fairly brutal year of not having much to feel, you know, relatively hopeful about that is a that's been a nice thing over the last couple weeks I guess yeah the players have done a very good job I think keeping the conversation as positive as possible as far as what what can be done in this situation you know they're faced with the decision to come back or not and for many of them it seems fairly hard you know even those who are and when you when you're doing as much as you can to avoid you know contracting yourself spreading it to your family spreading it to those close to you those you around you that seems like a uh, as what you can ask for you know that's what they're doing what they can and that's what we all are you'd hope I guess the downside side is, and I think it's important to remember that even, you know, an outbreak or an issue emerging does not require someone acting irresponsibly, right? There's still room for even doing everything right and still it happening to if in some time you know in three weeks we hear about an outbreak within team 12 players or something like that it doesn't necessarily mean that anyone did anything that they were not supposed to do yeah yeah i mean it's it's one of those tough things because it, it's uh you know irresponsibility does you know make it maybe more likely that that mm-hmm, would mm-hmm, happen sure. but it's not no the soul it's not the soul i mean you know we're not we're not like totally in this boat because well actually I don't want to say that. We are. But uh, moving forward, individuals acting irresponsibly is not the sole reason that America is in this current dilemma, I would say. Yeah, there are more reasons, I think. Yeah, there are. Uh, I do wonder, like, one of the things that I hadn't, I guess, fully sort of gamed out was just the supply chain uh, problems and, and the idea of, you know, like there's been times where tests aren't getting back in time. You know, what happens if that's like a getaway day situation? 
You know, like what happens if teams are supposed to be getting on a plane that night and they haven't got their test? You know, like are they? It's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's the the question you're asking of like how is this going to work? Uh, you know, repeated over and over again. I guess as we said, I think last week that this is the easiest time for the testing. Right. right? It's only right. going to get more difficult for the testing to be dependable uh, because it's going to require so many. Like you said, like a player may be required to stay in a hotel by himself. Right, mm-hmm. just because of just because his test doesn't come back. I mean, I think we just just as we're recording this, we see that there's a there's a Cubs test. One of their six tests is compromised and it has to be retested, and it's preventing someone from working from returning right. to uh, right. to a workout. That kind of stuff is the evidence shows that it's going to happen. It's just right. going to happen. The Dodgers are still going to be good, I assume. Right? Yes. They look yes. fine. The practices have been fine. Um, you know, Jock Peterson is hitting homers every day. It seems like. Um, what, is there anything, yeah, he's he's know? working with a movement coach, and he's uh, he got Ooh. big. Yeah, he's uh, he's wearing a lot of tanks lately <laughs> to show off his uh, developed arms. When you say big, I mean, do you mean the way that like I've been getting big in quarantine? I haven't seen you. I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, I don't look good. Send me a selfie later. <laughs> Maybe I will, pal. Uh, wait, what is a movement coach? A movement coach is is like an Instagram coach, I think. No, it's a it's a it's one of those coaches that you find on Instagram that like yeah. uh, coaches right. people to to move, you know, like Pilates kind of vibe. No, no, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. You're gonna have to walk me through this one. One time when I was, I can't remember who told me this, but one of my first years covering baseball, um, mm-hmm. I was talking to a coach, and the coach was like, "Man, I just had a great stretching session," and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay. what wh- what'd you do?" And he's like, "Oh, I just went to this place," you know, and he proceeded to explain to me that he went to like a facility you know how like james shields own those like owns those cryotherapy joints and like there's like little gyms and places like that yeah like like a shopping mall there's a he went to a place in san diego i believe it was where it's just a stretching facility like they just it's just it's called like just stretch okay the business and they just they just stretch you like you you book an hour-long session and they just stretch your body and so jock went to a stretching coach and got big muscles a movement coach uh that has he says um created more movement and flexibility within his body his back in particular he says feels a lot better he came recommended by austin barnes uh dodgers backup catcher maybe in 10 years this is going to sound as weird as when like in 2011 you read stories about baseball players doing yoga and like the writers trying to make fun of them in the story oh yeah yeah you know I once wrote a story about Dylan G doing Pilates. I don't think I was making fun of him, but there was, I'm sure I got like, I called the Pilates instructor and definitely like kind of asked her to make fun of him. Yeah, I definitely did that. Even my first, in 2013, I remember people like laughing. Whenever someone said you did, they did yoga, like the next beat was a laugh. It's just like, wait, why is that weird? Um, Why is that? What's weird about this? Why would somebody who's, you know, who's, uh, mechanism for earning is is keeping their body in shape. Why is it weird that they would choose to do everything possible to keep that body in shape? I thought you were going to say that it, we're going to maybe going to look back on movement coaches the way we look back on like uh, remember like the fighting necklaces that everyone was wearing. Wait, are those the same thing as the power balance or what was that called? I Earth think so. Balance? No, I don't know. Okay, so let me clarify. I don't know that much about the movement coach. Jock Peterson in, in particular is always very private about who he uh, contracts to, to work with him. He had a mental skills coach that he told me about last year that he refused to name and provide any details of. Um, yeah. But he continues to work with said mental skills coach. So he, he I, I doubt he's going to be willing to identify this movement coach. But it sounds like basically he's just gaining flexibility. It's just another format of like Pilates, right. yoga, that sort of thing. Right. I mean, yeah, it's also doubtful he speaks to you again this season. So Yeah, it'll be a Zoom uh, in a month or so. <laughs> 
You would bet. You'll hear from him again in August. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so Jock, Jock Peterson, uh, head of movement coach. Chico has been playing left field. Francisco Herrera. Yes. Anything Good else arm. going on? The pitchers are throwing a lot of innings. The Dodgers are okay. going to be Clayton Kershaw and Ross stripling through through much more than most over the shutdown, and they're going to be ready to throw seven. I mean, yeah. they have, The Dodgers have three guys who are throwing, like, normal regular season starts worth during these mm-hmm. inner squads. Inter squads. So uh, that's unusual. You, around baseball, it sounds like most people are still working in the two, three inning range. Walker Bueller's mm-hmm. in that range. But the uh, three of them, Alex Wood, Clayton Kershaw, Ross Stripling, are stretched out, which is an advantage for the ball club. I'm going to do the thing where we talk about a story that is upcoming, I guess, and then you'll point out all the flaws in it while I have to go back and correct it before it runs. But Karig and I are have this uh, survey coming out. We surveyed, you know, 20 like uh, GMs and executives and player development people on like who are the aces in baseball, I guess. There were uh, four unanimous selections, four guys who got 20 number one votes. Can you guess those four? Uh, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Um, four? Yeah, four. Uh, DeGrom? Correct. Former teammate of Anibal Sanchez. Yeah, Justin Verlander. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, that is to say, uh, so those four guys, right, all unanimous. And then the person Who was the next, next, like Strasburg and Bueller, maybe? The next highest score was Bueller, actually. Bueller got like 15 number one votes. 15 out of 20? Oh, that's yeah. pretty high. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, you know, he was, he ended up having, uh, he was higher than Strasburg because for some reason a couple guys had Strasburg as like a three. I don't know what was going on there, but anyway. So who Bueller was the sixth best. Who was the seventh? He was best? the Stras- he was the fifth. Best. Bueller was the oh, fifth. Oh, sorry, best. sorry, sorry. Fifth. Yeah. yeah, Strasburg is sixth, and Flaherty is seventh. Wow, which is about right. You know, where's like uh, where's Patrick Corbin? Corbin was uh, a lot further down. There was a there was a gap there. Corbin huh. was why? Uh, um, he throws two pitches. You know, he's had two good seasons. I mean, in a row, you know, <laughs> both two hundred innings. Yeah, he'd but be an ace on. on your list. Yeah, uh, come on, you'd rather have Corbin over uh, Lucas Giolito? I don't know. Wait, never mind. That doesn't yes, really absolutely. Yeah, that's no, a, that's, a, that's a certitude. Yeah. Give me a second. Give me a second here. Okay, would you rather have uh, Corbin or Charlie Morton? Um, Corbin. Yeah, Corbin. I think that's a bad. I think that's a bad take. Uh, Corbin um, or Mike Clevenger? Corbin. Yeah, I mean, wait, you, you're you're naming inferior pitchers to this dude. He just put up two consecutive 200 inning seasons at if a three. You talk at to a three people around the game. This is what they'll tell you. You talk uh, to the wrong people, Andy. Like I will you, get yeah. well. I will give you the my favorite uh, interaction of this entire survey is uh, one scout uh, sent in a thing that had uh, Syndergaard as an ace, and uh, I uh, sent him a message said, "Why do you have Syndergaard as an ace?" And he goes, "Oh, I actually uh, made a mistake. I forgot to look him up." And then I saw what his ERA was. <laughs> he moved him to a three. So it was a pretty scientific study. Yeah, sounds like you got the best. Um, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still. The Morton thing is just is interesting. I mean, he's what he's do you mean? Thirty. He's about to turn thirty-seven years old. Okay. Um, Corbin is nine years younger. So, so, I grossly overstated that. He's about six and a half. Wait, years Wait, what is this? When did you become like a Patrick Corbin guy? He's a good pitcher, but like what? Um, he pitches a lot, and he okay. pitches fairly well. He's a two. He just is. He's not a two. He's a three. He's a three. I mean, the evidence shows you like. He is one of the six or seven best pitchers in baseball over the last two years. I'm just going to get off topic. Can you explain to me why 
Walker Bueller for in baseball reference war was only worth two wins last year. Homers and ERA. And he didn't throw that many innings. He threw 180 innings with a 3-2-6. 3-2-6 last year wasn't that great. Um, yeah, no, it's stupid. He was he was a five on Fangraphs. I'm not saying it's like it makes sense no, at all. I know. No. It's just it does. Yeah. yeah, it's it was just really strange because like he, you know, it's a the juiced ball. Like, what are we doing? Three two six ERA with a juice ball. Yeah, his uh, he was better basically in every way than the year before, and uh, yeah, but because of the ERA was a little bit lower, but I think the FIP was. But better. the strikeouts were better, the walks were yeah. better. Yeah, he was he's really good. Uh, I think that's about a, a good placement for him. Yeah, over the last uh, over the last two seasons, it's it goes Degrom, Scherzer, Cole, Verlander, Corbin. <laughs> in All right, I mean, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. Take it up with. Uh, I'll give you the. Uh, no, wait. We we guaranteed anonymity, so I can't. Who put Corbin the lowest? To. Or t- tell me, tell me off. Like, did no? I would the, never. I would never give you my. Uh, I would never reveal my sources, even to a colleague. Uh, what I want to know is what was the worst spot that Corbin is ranked in. That's what I want to know. I think the overwhelming number of guys had him as a three because that's what he is. The fifth best pitcher in baseball over the he's last two seasons. He's not the fifth best pitcher in baseball over the last two seasons. Do you okay. think he's better than Walker Bueller? No, absolutely not. No, no. Okay. I I Do said I think, think he's, he's like about the seventh than Jake Flaherty. Jack Flaherty? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jake. Wait, who's is Jake Flaherty on like the uh I don't Who's know. Jake? Oh, you know, Jake Flaherty was the uh, was the, <laughs> was the uh, middle linebacker for the Syracuse football team my senior year when I covered the team. He once uh, he once yelled at me in a bar for always criticizing his play. He was yeah he wasn't happy about that. All right, we're, we're sounds we're, like you're a big believer in Jack Flaherty. Yeah, yeah as a pitcher. We're, we're careening off the rails, so let's let's wrap up here. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, hopefully everyone will be able to uh, stay safe and the season will be able to get off the ground uh, starting next week so maybe we'll have a little bit more of uh, some season preview type stuff as we get in Uh, until then thank you for listening and have a good day